Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. This podcast is presented by the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation and hosted by our CEO, Jamie Irvin. At the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we work with manufacturers, distributors, and repair shops who want to grow their business. Do you have a problem that you would like some help with? We have developed fault codes for heavy duty parts businesses, just like they have for commercial trucks. Find out how many fault codes your business has and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the show where you get expert advice about the heavy-duty parts you buy and sell and keep you informed about what's happening in the industry. Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is episode 91. Air disc brakes are something that is growing in popularity. We've seen them in Europe, but they are here in North America, and that seems to be expanding as time goes on. The question is, though, are they worth the extra cost up front? What impact do they have on a fleet? And uh, what impact uh, does it have on total cost of operation? This is what we're really wanting to answer today. So I thought I would bring in someone who has a lot of expertise about air disc brake. And I'd like to introduce Stephen Robert. He's the air disc brake manager at BBB Industries. And he's here today to join us and answer our questions. Stephen, welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. Thank you, Jamie. Good to be on. Appreciate it. Well, I'm glad to have you here. I'd like to start off by just getting an understanding of what the most common applications for air disc brake that we see in the North American market today. Yeah, for sure. So air disc brakes actually first started in North America in the 1980s. And originally they were developed for fire trucks, unique refuse vehicles, and even oil tankers. It it really was like a, a niche market. Then that started to expand in the late 90s and early 2000s as coach buses began specking out their vehicles with air disc brakes. And today, most of the motor coach and transit buses you see on the roads um, are actually used in ADB. Even school buses in, in recent years, the last three or four years, they've also started making that shift towards ADB. But the biggest application out there where we're seeing the most growth is with your class seven and eight truck and trailer. And really what's led to that is your OEMs, like your Freightliners, your International, your your Kenworth, they're starting to spec out their units to make ADB the standard. Okay, okay. So we're seeing that adoption of that technology. What are the biggest performance differences between our traditional SCAM uh, drum brakes and an air disc brake? Yeah, for sure. So to understand that, first... Looking back at just ADB technology in general, it's really improved over the years. So those older models in the 80s and 90s, um, they had a lot of service issues. But now now they're lesser weight, um, they're not as noisy, and they provide better fuel efficiency. It really, it's almost like a passenger car-like feel on a commercial vehicle that today's ADBs offer. When it comes to the difference in drum brakes, The biggest thing is safety. Federal regulations have have made required stopping distance to shorten. And right now, I believe it is when you're traveling 60 miles per hour, your CV vehicle needs to be able to stop within 250 feet. And it was was well over 300 before that new standard came in 
several years ago. Right, right. And that's really what's led to this shift where ADB is becoming popular. Right. That's where we saw, like with, with the S-cam brakes, that's where we saw wider front shoes, wider rear shoes. They were trying to get to that performance. So our air disc brakes, they do perform better. The stopping distances are shorter. Is that what I understand? Exactly. Yeah. And even to the newer, improved, heavier weight S-cams that you mentioned, it's still a 16% decrease in your stopping distance with an air disc brake. So of that 250 feet that you're required to stop to, an ADB will stop 20 feet shorter than that. Personally, I think you use brakes when you need them the, the most. They're your kind of your ultimate safety piece of equipment on your vehicle. At the end of the day, that 20 feet, that could save lives when you're thinking of a huge tractor trailer driving down the road. And yeah, that's stop. the difference between them coming safely to a stop behind you or running through your vehicle right through to the engine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to the fleet's perspective, though, so obviously there's the stopping distances and the safety that that's a primary concern. But a secondary concern to that, of course, is the total cost of operation, the maintenance, the repair cycles. Do air disc brake in the end save you money? Because I know per axle, when you're specking the equipment, it is costing a bit more. But is it saving you money in the long run with maintenance and repair? Right. Uh, in the long run, it definitely is. It's actually, when you first outfit your commercial vehicle, it's about 30% more expensive to outfit it with ADB over drum. But if you look at the maintenance that's required over time, it really is a worthwhile investment. Bendex technicians have shared that they can perform four pad changes on an air disc brake in the amount of time that it would take to do one brake shoe job. So, I mean, that's four times the amount of labor you're saving right there. Right. And that, that's, a, that's a huge savings because, of course, the labor costs are far more than the parts cost. So if you're accelerating by that much, and I understand that even just working on my own vehicles, I, I had a Toyota Supra and that was like a race car with their braking technology. And literally it was one bolt. You lifted the caliper out of the way. You could pop the shoes out, new shoes on, slide a rotor on, back down one more bolt and you were, you were up and running. When I when I remember working on that car and just being like, oh, this is a dream compared to my 77 Ford <laughs> with drum brakes. <laughs> yeah, yep, same exact idea. It, it really yeah. is. It makes a huge difference. And Yeah. And when you see when like all the years I was selling parts and I would be in the repair shops. And when you see all the different components that go into that S-cam brake setup, everything from, you know, bushings and and um slack adjusters and and the the s cams and the shoes and the drums and there's a lot of parts there whereas with the air disc brake it's a caliper it's a couple pads a rotor and that's it simpler design and it makes it makes all the difference and even with brake pull you're not going to see as much brake pull just because there's less moving parts and um that simple simple uh design that kind of creates for more straight line stability you're driving right so brake pull meaning you hit the brakes and the vehicle pulls to one side or the other because of the brakes not being balanced right for, so for someone who is um remanufacturing these calipers i would like to understand the life cycle of a caliper how often do they end up needing to be replaced and, and rebuilt if something does go wrong with the caliper what conditions cause that to happen yeah that, that's a good question we typically say after three to five years, but that it really depends more on how many miles you're driving it than the years. So 
between 200 to 250,000 miles, you probably need to start looking into getting your, your caliper remanufactured. At that point, you'll notice your brakes are not stopping as quick. And, and what's going on there is, yes, these, these things are built to last. They're big, durable, cast iron units. They're built 90% of cast iron. But they also, they have um, mechanical moving parts, internal parts, like the lever and the roller bearings and the calibration bolts. And over time, moisture will, will start to seep into those internal components. And what will happen is it'll wear and debris and turn to rust and stuff will start locking up. And really, it comes from your boots and seals ripping and allowing that moisture in and causing these components to fail. And that's when you know it's it's time to have my caliper remanufactured. After the break, we're going to talk about the growth rate of the air disc brake market. We'll be right back. I just wanted to take a brief moment to let you know that I've been working with forward-thinking, heavy-duty companies as a business consultant, creating great content, helping sales use digital tools more effectively, and developing business growth strategies are the most common projects that I'm involved in. If you would like to work with me, go to heavydutypartsreport.com slash consultant. That's heavydutypartsreport.com slash consultant to learn more. I also work as a brand ambassador for great brands like Diesel Parts. Diesel Parts is a aftermarket parts cross-reference and lookup tool that makes it easier to identify parts than ever before. Go to parts.diesellaptops.com to create your free account. That's parts.diesellaptops.com. All right, let's get back to the interview. Before the break, we were talking about the differences between the SCAM drum brake and the air disc brake and the advantages of air disc brake. And now we're going to really talk about the size of the market. I'm looking forward to continuing my conversation with Stephen from BBB Industries. So Stephen, when it comes to the air disc brake market, how big is it and where are we going to see it go in the next few years? Yeah, great question. So Right now, we've roughly estimated that uh, the ADB market in North America is between four to $500 million, and it really is just this huge growing market. And what you can do is you can look at from 2015 to 2018 as a prime example of the growth rate we're seeing. In 2015, about 15% of your CV vehicles were specced with ADB. And then in 2018, that, that shifted all the way up to 25%. So maintaining that same pace or even a faster pace, honestly, that we expect that over the next three to four years, ADBs to be about 40% of, of that vehicle market. And if you look ahead even further, say the next like seven to nine years, most people who I read and talk to suggest that ADB will be the more popular CV brake option over 50% of vehicles on the road. This wasn't a planned question, but I, I wanted to th uh, ask you about it because it just came to mind. Is the introduction of electric vehicles going to impact air disc brake technology or the, the use of that technology? Like, do the electric vehicles use disc brakes or do they have a completely different braking technology? No, my, my understanding is that they would still use air disc brakes. So it would not have any negative impact on um, the calipers because even oh. if you got an electric vehicle you still gotta stop and you need that power from air sounds like you uh, picked the right brake business to be in then because <laughs> the SCAP brake market is certainly worried about uh, what electric vehicles is going to do to them 
when it comes to the different kinds of air disc brakes that are out there, and when I was selling parts, if my memory serves me correctly, there's there's like four major manufacturers. Is that correct? Who, who's making air disc brakes? Yeah, that's spot on. There's four main OEMs that kind of dominate the market, and they are Bendex, Wabco, Meritor, and Haldex. And Bendex makes up the majority, the large majority. They're about 70 to 80% of the market. Then followed by them is Meritor and Wabco. And they they both have new designs out there, and they're growing their own nice niche into the market as well. And then following behind them is Haldex, who's the fourth most popular OEM. But as far as identifying them, the easiest way is with the metal tag number that goes on the actual unit. That tag will tell you the make and model of the caliper. And we can, at BBB, we can cross that to our part number. And it's also, the other ID tool is the casting on the unit. So between the tag and the casting, you pretty much have all you need to figure out what caliper you have and if it needs to be replaced, what you need to do to replace it. Right. So when it comes time to remanufacture it uh, and you want to submit that core, then you can use those tags to identify it. When I was remanufacturing pneumatic controls, we were always very proud of the fact that we could either meet or exceed OEM specifications because, of course, we got to see what was you know not working from uh, the, all these cores. And if we saw something that we could improve the design on, of course, we did. How do you, as a company who's remanufacturing air disc brake calipers, how do you meet or exceed OEM specifications? Yeah, for sure. We're, we see the same thing. And uh, we look at the OEM as kind of a guide of what what the caliper should be. Through reverse engineering, we'll, we'll get all of their specs on how they need to be torqued or aligned and use that as a general gauge. But at the same time, yeah, you're looking to make improvements. Like I've heard in the past, a customer had a rattle that he heard on his caliper. And what we figured it out is if we put a bushing around one of the guide pinholes, that rattle would disappear. So stuff like that. Small, that's just one example. But the idea is you see you see how they come in as cores, you see how they come in as warranties too, especially, and you learn from it. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. And just the biggest thing is when you once you make that mistake, making sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, that, that's right. There, there's no mistakes first time around, right? Those are just learning opportunities. But if you make the same mistakes over and over again, then it becomes a problem. I was really curious uh, when I was looking at some of the the things that, that were on your website about the, the products that you're selling in, in Air Disc Break. I saw something about EOL and about data logging, and I, I didn't quite understand that. So what is that? How does it work? And, and how does it benefit the, the fleet? Yeah, absolutely. So our end of line tester that that's custom that we built, it's basically the ultimate test that you have a OE quality unit. Um, what it does is it acts as if that unit was on a vehicle. We attach the mating air chamber to it. We compress it with air. And then we're testing for, for the alignment of the pistons and the force that's coming out of the pistons and making sure that mechanically everything is moving as it should. And maybe even more importantly than that, we're logging that data. So we're also putting a serial number on the unit and a date code on the unit. So that tag, I mean, that's that's a stamp, basically. And if we have something come back, we can look back at the data and see see what the issue was, see how it tested out. Maybe we have to change our specs a little bit. That hasn't happened yet, but you never know. But really, our our tester, I think, is it's top of the line as far as qualifying that you got a, a good working caliper. 
And it's great to have a system to be able to not only track what you're doing in the in the plant, but once that goes out to the market and something does ha- happen to go wrong, you can use that information to figure out exactly when it was built, how it was built, uh, how you know what the test was when it left your building, and then you can kind of help the customer figure out what went wrong. And a lot of times, I know as someone who worked for a remanufacturer, a lot of times it has nothing to do with the manufacturing process, but it's environmental issues. And, and and a lot of times fleets are at a bit of a loss as to what's going on here. And so sometimes you're able to actually help them to solve other problems that are happening in the total system. Because of course, these big trucks are just one huge system. They are. Yeah, no, absolutely. Every, every now and then I'll get a call from someone having a hard time hooking up a brake caliper. And usually I can talk talk them through it and explain maybe they got the wrong pads or the wrong air chamber for the caliper. And you know, I'm here to work with with you guys, and I want my caliper to work on your vehicle, and we'll always usually come to a solution. That's right. Yeah, and that's really at the end of the day what it's about. It's it's about solving problems for our customers. So if someone's thinking about, okay, I'm going to be specking some new equipment, I have a choice between air disc and and S cam drum brake. Your recommendation is it's a hundred percent air disc brake, uh, without a doubt. In my mind, the technology is here. It's proven to, sh- to stop sooner. I mean, that's the ultimate safety thing right there. You, you use brakes when you need them the most. I know I've already said this, but stopping 20 feet sooner, uh, if you can do it, let's do it. I mean, every day we probably have near-miss accidents or accidents that happen because the braking force is not ready for it. So in my mind, it, air disc brakes are the future. And I'm just, I'm excited, excited for that to happen because we'll be ready here at BBB to service your caliper needs. You've been listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and we've been speaking with Stephen Robert, Air Disc Brake Manager at BBB Industries. To learn more, you can go to their brand new website, bbb-cv.com. That CV stands for Commercial Vehicle. It's exciting to have a new site, Stephen. Oh, it really is. Yeah, it's an awesome new site. A lot of people worked hard on it, and um, it's just very user-friendly. I think you guys will be impressed if you go on there. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure that there's links in the show notes so people can find it. Stephen, thank you so much for being on the Heavy Duty Parts Report. Thank you, Jamie. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and i just like to remind everyone to focus on cost per mile. And <laughs> let's keep those trucks and trailers rolling. HDA Truck Pride is the heart of the independent parts and service channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride and let the heart of the independent service channel take care of your commercial equipment.